I used to sit in the preschool in tears. All the man really has to do on the day of birth is find a good parking spot. <laughs> dad, Dad, catch this. Boom, I've done a poo. Stop stabbing your sister. From the news desk to the nursery. Mum! This is the Parent Panel with Siobhan Hunt. This is the time of week where one mum and one dad join me to discuss the events of the week. That is stories we've seen online, talked about while waiting for our coffee in the morning or over the computer peering at our colleagues at work. Joining me today, we have Lucy Kippis, who is our online editor here at Kindling Kids Radio, who is a mum of two and brought them in because she had no other choice and they are clamouring at the studio door. You're trying to ignore them. Thank you, Lucy. You're welcome. <laughs> and Luke Escom, a.k.a. Asparagus from The Vegetable Plot and dad of One Little Sprite. Luke, Lucy, hello. 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 So um, we're just going to hold firm here and if you hear pauses in our conversations, it's just that we're going to turn and make faces at Lucy's kids so they... <laughs> Allow her the moment. I always like to preface the parent panel by saying it's our one opportunity or week to talk uninterrupted. Mm, Unfortunately, this <laughs> not this one though. Sorry. Yeah. All right. What we're going to be talking about today though are when you've been surprised by the kindness of strangers, whether children are destroying the environment, when you should start your child vacuuming and the parenting mistakes you can't help repeating. And we're going to kick off with a feel-good topic today, and that is the kindness of strangers. Why are you being so nice? Oh, well, that is the nicest thing anyone has ever done for me. I really needed that. This week, Lucy Carne from News Limited wrote this really lovely piece about how she rediscovered the kindness of strangers, mainly because as the mum of twins and a runaway toddler, she was always chasing the toddler while needing someone to keep an eye on the twin babies. And she pointed out that we've become really hyper aware of the dangers to our children without recognising the people around us who are genuinely lovely. And given the state of the world at the moment and our news and everything that's going on, I'd like to continue the acknowledgement of the good in humanity by asking you guys, what is the kindest thing you have ever seen another human do? It could be something they've done for you. It could be something um, you've seen them do for someone else. Lucy, have you experienced the kindness of strangers? Yes, I have actually several times, but I think the the the, the ultimate moment was when I had my first baby. He was about three months old and it was Christmas time because he was an October baby. And I was fueled by these hormones and thought, that's it, I'm going to go to the shops and do all my Christmas shopping, take him, <laughs> everything will be fine. And, of course, I took this huge list, totally out, you know, completely stupid idea, shopped for about an hour, had this huge trolley full of everything for everyone in the extended family. And then, of course, he started to scream and I got to the top of the elevator and I was looking down and I was thinking, how am I going to hold him, hold the trolley and go down the elevator? And I was standing there for about seven minutes or eight minutes, like really freaking out. And I started to cry and this woman went, came and put her arm around me and she was like, you think you might be doing too much there? And I was like, she's like, I help you down. So she pushed the trolley down for me. And I think like just that someone in that busy Christmas time where everybody's very self-focused anyway, the fact that someone just reached out to me in that moment and she really, like, she saved the day, really. So Aww. thank you, lady, wherever, wherever you are. Wherever you are. Yeah. Luke, how about you? I mean, have you witnessed someone doing something really kind? Has something happened to you? Yeah. Uh, look, I just would like to start by pointing out the irony of someone who works for News Limited. <laughs> 
writing an article about how actually the world's not as terrible and as violent and as horrific as the news makes out. I e every single other piece on News Limited over the last many decades, which is trying to convince us that people are evil and that if you step out of your house, you'll be you know shot by ISIS or something. <laughs> And it's not true. It's never been less true. You know, I, I think the world is getting kinder. It's getting less violent.、Um, I mean, you know, yes, we, we're a we're a greedy bunch. And when I was, I must say, when I was trying to think of kind interactions, I kept thinking of transactions. I noticed that whenever I think of encounters with strangers, I'm like, oh, that person at the shop, or that person who was working for the airline, or the the best example I've ever seen of kindness in uniform were the midwives who who helped my wife. When she was in hospital for six weeks,、uh, giving birth to our son, and and that was、um, life changing for me actually to see.、Uh, I guess she went in particularly with this idea of hospital as this very clinical, you know, scientific、uh, in in inverted commas as a bad thing environment where they would just it was like going into a, mach a machine where they would treat her as a number and try to get the the job done as quickly as possible, but. I mean, she was living in there for six weeks, and they looked after her like they were family, the best of friends. And there was sort of an introduction into the world of being a parent. Is now people the the way people look at you changes.、Mm. You go onto an airline with a screaming kid now, and, and you can see all the other parents instantly. They're like, "It's all right, it's all right." You know, I know, and I'm one of those people now. I used to get really annoyed. When I was on the bike path, there'd be a little kid in front of me, like weaving around, you know, <laughs> not staying on the left. And now, those things don't bother me. I just understand. I just think entering into that that world of being a parent, you understand a lot of things, and you want to give out a lot of kindness because you need kindness in return. And I think that's,、uh, you know, we're going to talk about the the potential environmental negative <laughs> impacts of having a、yes. child. I think one of the positive impacts is that it does. It puts some more kindness into the world. That's very、so、true, isn't it? And, and it's a great that part about the kindness. I love what you said then about、um, you put it out because you need it as well. It's very、mm. true, isn't、mm. it? And you and and I think that's also the empathy thing is going. Well, I was just going to say that I we, think we, becoming a parent raises your empathy meter. Yeah, about a bazillion. <laughs> it has to, doesn't、yeah. it?、Uh, we we've got someone who's doing mindfulness with the five year olds at at my son's school, and she talks to them about.、Uh, she asks them, "What what kind thing have you done today?" And she talks about it like filling a bucket. What have you done to fill someone else's bucket? Because when you fill someone else's bucket with a, an act of kindness, you also fill your bucket. But when you do something mean to someone, not only do you take out of their bucket, you also take out of yours. So that's the the kind of mentality that. Now is being put into school children, which I certainly don't remember at the time. It was like stand up when a woman comes in the room and, and drag an old lady across the road, whether she wants it or not. You know, that was that was all I remember. Well, next time I'm crossing a road, I hope you're nearby. Luke, <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to the parent panel on Kindling Conversation. Our two parents today are Lucy Kippist, who's the online editor at Kindling Kids Radio, and Luke Eskam. Lead singer of the Vegetable Plot, and I am going to use this moment to also say that、uh, Luke is performing this weekend at the Kindling House Party. If you're in Sydney, you can still get tickets. I think you go to cityrecitalhall dot com to、right. check it out. I'm going to plug it a few times because it's happening tomorrow. We may as well.、Yeah. I mean, it's a really great venue right in the heart of Sydney, and it's actually、um, that part of town has changed a lot. You would have、mm. seen it as a construction site for the last couple of years, but you can actually see now it's turning into a very nice pedestrian. Thing and the idea of taking kids to a venue like that—I mean, it's just—it's a great day out. Yeah, I was telling someone it's like the big day out for kids. Oh, totally!、Yeah. There's like levels and everything.、Yeah.
Without the, what was that room? There was a room at the big day out that was the dance hall room and always the sweat would fall off the, the room. The boiler room. The boiler room. <laughs> 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 All right. Let's, so that was a bit of a tangent. Uh, the first, the, the next topic we're going to talk about just to add shade to the light of loving kindness are children destroying the planet. Mother nature. All you do is mess with the natural order of things. Oh, wow. Eco-friendly. Good. I am Captain Planet. Captain Planet. (laughs) This week on the UK talk show This Morning, a woman appeared who had been sterilized as she feels having a child is bad for the environment. She's 31 years old. I'm just curious how parents feel about this story. I mean, she's made a very conscious decision not to procreate. Luce, um, how do you, you're reading about that. What did you, what were your feels? Well, it's a total yes, no answer. Because on the one hand, obviously, with young children especially, I've, my kids are four and a half and one and a half, and the amount of stuff we go through is actually shameful in terms of wasting food, plastic everything, nappies everywhere, wipes everything, because convenience becomes so vital to survival. And that's not something that I've ever had to think about before. I always had plenty of time to make lovely environmentally conscious choices. And there are a lot of people out there, a lot of parents out there that really focus on that. And I have to say I'm guilty of not, because I've been so consumed by the chaos of my life that I've taken every possible shortcut. So I think on that level, absolutely. There's just a lot of waste. Um, but on the other hand, my, my passionate answer really is no, because what is life without humans and what is life without kids? Mm. Like every child... City of God, isn't that the... No, City of Children. There was a movie about that where the, the apocalyptic future, people just stopped procreating and there were no children. Oh, Children of Men. Children of Men. Great well, movie. The, no, no one can conceive. Mm, Something no. happens. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, it's a great wow. movie. But terrifying. You're right. What is a world without children? Yeah, because, I mean, as annoying as they can be. Sorry, kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, they teach you so much about yourself and so much about the world. And actually, I think they make you more environmentally conscious. Because just by having them, you're, you're putting yourself in the future. You're like, wow, they're going to be here when I'm not. Um, they're going to see things I'm not. What do? What are the things that I want them to see? And what are the things that I want them to concentrate on? So actually, I think the more children you have, as long as you're raising them with love um, to the best of your ability, then you're actually giving back to the world and to the environment. So I think, yeah. Mm. And Luke, that was kind of your point you were mentioning uh, when we were talking about the kindness of strangers, that actually having children makes you more kind. I mean, how did you respond to this um, idea that, in order to save the planet, this woman was going to never have children. It's a, it's a great talking point. I feel like we could probably talk about it for the whole episode. I thought mm. that was a great answer as well, Lucy. Like the amount of plastic that's in the house, you know, without us trying to, you know, trying to stay away from it. But it, you just, you do go through a lot of, of junk. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I actually had a conversation out on the street in the inner west over a piccolo <laughs> uh, yesterday with two female singer-songwriters about this. And I felt very, <laughs> I felt, I felt very zeitgeisty, you know, like, what do you, what do you think of this? And they're like, well, that seems a bit extreme. Um, but, but it's her choice. It's a woman's choice. You know, if she wants to sterilize, absolutely. You know, I'm like, okay, okay, you know, that's, I'm going to make that point first. It's her body. She can do whatever she wants. But I did read the article 
and、uh, I noticed that it, there was a line that said, "Every single partner she had in her twenties, she tried to convince them to have a vasectomy because she didn't want." Children to come into the world through her, and eventually one of them—I don't know if it's the one she's with now—said, "No, why don't you know if this matters so much to you? Why don't you get sterilised?" And so she said, "All right, I will."、Um, so that I, I guess we, we talk often about: look, whatever you want to do, and and it's 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 your body; you can do whatever you want. But if you want to start forcing this idea on other people, which clearly she has on multiple people.、Um, Then it's like the challenge is out there to all of us to say, well, you know, having kids is bad for the planet, so we should all stop doing it. And I absolutely disagree with that. We need to have good kids, maybe less kids. I mean, I I, I do think there is. I, I don't I don't feel a sense of smugness or anything, but、um, you know, we we kind of consciously quite happy to have one child、um, because. Uh, we, if we all have one child, the population actually stabilizes in about a couple of decades, and it starts to actually decline. And the world could be amazing by that point because we would have built it to feed an enormous number of people, and then there'll be slightly less people, and we could have abundance. And yeah, I'm hoping, obviously, that that our kids will cure cancer and and solve the problems of the environment, and they'll be kinder, and they they won't be racist and sexist. I mean, I think each generation seems to be less. Racist and sexist. Certainly, the millennials—they—they've just sort of rejected that completely. So, I think there's actually a lot of good energy being put in the world. And if those new kids are replacing the the people that are checking out, who still have values that were really destructive to the planet, and what we're doing is swapping them out and putting new, better. People in for the 21st century. I think it's got to be a good thing. And I have to say that, in terms of the environmental consciousness, Lucy, you mentioned that when you have a child, you think of the future. But my kids are the ones that are upholding environmental values in our house already. Like、mm-hmm. my son's four, and his dad put a plastic container in the wrong part of the bin, not in recycling. He went over and took it out and put it in the right part. Wow! So,、yep. in I know that that has a lot to do with the early childhood education that they're getting. It has. A lot to do with that, but there is something about children and their enthusiasm and imagination and lack of cynicism that gives me hope that the ones that we have today could be the ones that solve、yeah. the problems I, we have I, now. I instantly felt responsible for the planet as soon as、mm. I became a dad.、Mm-hmm. I and I, I felt actually I felt really sad about it. I looked around at just just the garbage on the beach and just thought. This is terrible. Someone's got to do something about this, and then I realise, well, I'm a parent now, so that it's my job. Yeah, and I also think that、um, something that weighs around my head a lot now is trying to explain why things are in the world. Like my oldest son Harry's four and a half, and he's becoming very conscious of things around him. And so when he asks me about, you know, why is that person doing that, mummy, or why does that look like that, mummy, and I just think, oh my god, how do I even、mm. start? Like, where do I start? Especially when you can't understand yourself. The state of yourself. the world. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're right, Luke. We could talk about this for the rest of the day,、um, but that's a good place to leave it. I think you're listening to the parent panel on Kindling Conversation. I'm Siobhan Hunt. My guests today are Lucy Kippist, online editor at Kindling Kids Radio, and Luke Eskam. He's the lead singer of the Vegetable Plot. You may know him as Asparagus. After this short break, when can you start getting your kid to do the vacuuming and the dishes and the washing? In the sheets.
I need you to take the trash out. He's too young. You're going to come home from school and you're going to start doing chores. If you don't start pulling your weight around here, it's going to be shape up or ship up. <laughs> and yes, you did hear right. He did say ship up. It was from Arrested Development. The lovely Elise Cooper loves to get obscure references in our introductions to topics and we are talking about chores because Caroline Tate wrote in the Fairfax Press this week about how she handles chores in her household. She's a single mum and she basically couldn't do without the help and that for her it's a for her it's an investment on the future cleanliness of her abode. In the article she quotes a study from the University of Mississippi that found Doing chores gave a plethora of skills to children, including improving study habits, professional work ethic, and reaching uh, their own personal goals. It was suggested in the article that starting as young as three is a good idea. Um, I'm fascinated with this whole article and the idea of giving kids chores because I'm completely hopeless with it. My children don't do diddly squat around the house. So I'm wondering how you guys handle things. Luke, um, does your son Harry do chores around the house? And if so, what does he do? Uh, he, he does like to use the handy vac, actually. Um, and he does, he sets the table. There's a few things, but, but nothing compared to what he does at school. So, uh, so he goes to a Montessori school, and my wife's a Montessori teacher, and they um, they don't use the word chores for a start. I think it's a very judgmental word, isn't it? Sort of telling you that you're not going to enjoy this, and it's going to be <laughs> a chore. And that's not the idea of it at all. I think it, in Montessori, it's all part of the, the section, I guess, of the, of the curriculum called practical life. When you live in a space, you have to do things to maintain the space, not just for yourself, but also for others. And so it's learning to respect an environment. And so I'll go in and observe Harry in the classroom and he'll be sweeping up and cleaning up his mess all the time. And we, we go, well, why don't you do this at home? It's like, <laughs> well, it's different at home. But um, so, so certainly the idea is, yeah, that they can start from two, three. But the big thing that I think Montessori does very well is that um, a, a lot of the reason children don't help out at home is that um, the environment isn't set up for them. So they can't reach the sink to do the dishes. They don't have a part of the cupboard that they can get to to get out their own bowl. So a, a lot of what my wife does, because she, she has a Montessori in the home business, is just uh, asking parents to think about, well, what if you've got a little stepladder so your child can reach the sink? And what if all of the things that they need, all of the tools they need, were accessible to them at their level? Like when you put everything up in cupboards... How can they possibly feel part of that environment and take any responsibility for it? So, as I say, like Harry does a few things, nowhere near as many as he does at school, but um, we do we are conscious of making the environment something that invites him to feel a part of it and thus to take responsibility. You know, that's really interesting because the the only thing that they do that I started doing this year was with their breakfast, I would put milk in a little jug and the cereal out so they could pour it. I was high fiving myself. Well done, Siobhan. That's all I've done. But it does make a big difference because you're also giving them agency, aren't you? Yeah. Mm. Luce, how does it go in your house? Yeah, um, I my answer to that question would be whenever they appear to be interested in it. But for me, my kids, I don't know, I think this says more about me than them, is that they both love vacuuming and have done <laughs> since they could both walk obsessed with the vacuum because I'm a little bit obsessed with the vacuum. And I think it's because, you know, see monkey, Do you see, have monkey, a Dyson? do. I do have a Dyson. Oh, well, that's yeah. it. And I 
also now have a stick vacuum, which Lockie, our one and a half year old, just is obsessed with, like pulls it in and out of the cupboard. Um, I grew up in a household, my mum always worked, so we always helped. And so for me, um, and I think Caroline refers to that too in her article, Caroline, sorry, um, if, you know, it's just part of being part of the family. And I think as, I think I probably wouldn't have gotten Harry to help me, my older son, anywhere near as early as probably what I'm going to get Lockie to help me because Harry's already interested now and I get him to set the table as well and I get him to help me carry the washing out. I, I ask him to do whatever. Like mm. I just throw it out there as an option. It's not like I'm chasing around. What about pointy um, fingers? Okay, so just you know, help me with my conundrum. What about pocket money? Because somehow or other my children <laughs> really airing my dirty parenting laundry here. But um, we tried to start getting them, giving them a sense of financial worth because they are constantly asking for toys. Mm. And maybe we occasionally bought too many things from Aldi when we went there. But um, so now we're trying to say, okay, well, you can't just get anything. You have to earn the money to... And, and my husband, I'm putting him in, him in it because he's not here. All of a sudden, you know, my daughter will put a bowl away and I'm not there and he'll be like, oh, you're doing so well at that, Darcy. We're going to give you two bucks. And I'm like, two this, bucks. this is like, yes, what is amazing. going on here? There is no, where is the, I mean, I'm not even an economist, but that doesn't sound right to me. Um, and it was suggested to me that if you have the list of things that you expect them to do, that then you give them pocket money at the end of the week. And the idea of pocket money was, yes, there are things you do to contribute to the household, but there's also the value of saving and earn. And if you don't do them, then the consequence is you don't get all of the pocket money. Uh, and I think the horse has bolted in my house. I think oh. now the, the discussion has been had, so we're going to have to introduce it somehow. Have you thought about pocket money and, and how you might introduce it, or do you have it already? The first thing that just sprang to mind for me was, oh, that's a nice bribe. <laughs> like you won't get your pocket money. Um, I think I haven't introduced it yet. And I, I don't think I want to until Harry's much older. For me, it feels like I want him to feel like doing things in the home is just part of it. Like I don't get paid to do it. No one gets paid to do it. It's just no, the wheels of motion. But it's an interesting point. I feel like for me, yeah, when he's sort of well into school, maybe year two, maybe year three, when they're talking about money and money is more of a focus in conversations. Like I know... Unless your bribes stop working. Unless the bribes stop working, <laughs> which is highly possible. Yeah. Luke? Yeah, we, we have a system which we don't particularly use because sometimes relatives will give Harry cash. Which we'll take, and <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> look after. Um, like coffee money. <laughs> but but the system is there. There are like three piggy banks, and one of them is for saving. One of them is for giving away, you know, charity, and and the third one is for spending. Mm. And so the idea that you think of money in those three ways: that you save some of it, you give some of it for for a good reason, and you spend some of it. Uh, but as I say, we haven't really got to that system yet. We're more on an ice cream-based system, <laughs> ice cream and television. But no, I, I, I totally agree. And this will get us on to the next conversation, I'm sure, about the bribe. The bribe is always a bad idea. And it, or it's, it might seem a convenience <laughs> in the moment. It will put out a very small fire. But in the end, the fire will be reignited every single day oh, for weeks. Is, you know, it's satisfying for half a second. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> I'm it's a nice, you easy solution. Look, at, look yeah. at you taking control of the panel. Let's get on to that. Okay, so as Luke said then, we're going to talk about the parenting mistakes. You just keep on repeating in just a moment. 
You're listening to Kindly Conversation. Did you at least learn a little something? I learned from my parents' mistakes. I made a huge, tiny mistake. Why do we keep doing this to ourselves? Which is what I was saying last Friday night. So uh, where my son goes to daycare, they had this really gorgeous faux vivid. So vivid in Sydney with a light show had finished and they had all these lights up and the kids were going crazy and they were having such a lovely time. And I was, you know, buoyed by this joy vivre. I'm like, yes, the world is a great place. We are going to have dinner out in public <laughs> at seven o'clock. And then... It was like 7.30 by the time we ordered. I should preface that by saying as we walked in and I didn't sit in the right place, Arlo lost his shiz and the restaurant was quite tightly packed and there was a table right near our table of these two adult men with Arlo bawling his head off. And as you know, you like to think you'll handle these situations, but I just kept going, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Arlo, it's okay. Mate, trying to stop him crying. He just wasn't meant to be there. I mean, public dinners, 5 p.m., 6 p.m., forget about 7pm. But it's not the first time I've done that. It probably won't be the last, although it won't happen for a long time. What are the parenting mistakes that you keep repeating, Lucy? Um, I think you hit the nail on the head there with the, um, excuse me, the joy de vie. Sorry for my bad French. It's better than mine. (laughs) Every time we're at a park with some other family and it's always late in the afternoon, I'm like, this is so nice. Doesn't matter that it's eking anywhere towards five o'clock. It'll be fine. Just stay a few more minutes. Everyone's loving it. No. As soon (laughs) as that 10 minute mark is passed, everything turns to absolute poo. Getting them into the car is a hassle. Getting them home is a hassle. It's just got this terrible, like, flow on effect of doom, basically. So it's just, my advice would be don't get sucked into a moment. Because it's just a moment and it will have repercussions. Like, that's what it is. It sounds so terrible. It's so miserable. And you can't, the reason why we do it, right, is that we get, we go, let's be spontaneous, which is nice. Yes. Let's try spontaneously. And then the universe says, no, No. you cannot do spontaneity when you have young children. You can't. It's a lesson. Unless, of course, you're prepared to pay for it. And what makes that situation worse is say you're at a lovely family event or with friends and you've suddenly had a couple of glasses of wine too, which tends to warm the cockles and you think, it's all going to be fine when I'm home. And then suddenly you're at home doing bath time and you're just like, shouldn't have done that. So shouldn't have had that glass of wine. No, no, no. Yeah. So that's definitely my mistakes. What about you, Lou? Yeah, the the television, um, the, that's definitely we, and and a lot of it actually uh, comes from going on holiday. We went on holiday when Harry was two over to Europe, and we were taking seven hour train trips, and seven hours on a train, you know. So we gave him the iPad and we let him watch TV. That was the first time, and I think the first show he watched was La La, and so he was calling TV La La for, for the <laughs> next year. And we're going to Italy in September for a month, so we we. We have the system, and you know the system works. It's like, yeah, no, no public dinners after seven. But then um, we'll go out with my my wife's father, my father-in-law, my German father-in-law, and he'll want dinner at seven because someone else is coming, and then they don't show up. But anyway, we're there at seven, and we're like, look, Harry doesn't really like, you know, and and then schnitzel, and then there'll be some other beautifully behaved kids in the restaurant, and you know, my German father-in-law is like, geez, these kids are fine, you know, <laughs> out in Europe, they're out to ten o'clock. Um, you know, if you go to Italy, you've got to learn. And, He's um, Australian, damn it. Well, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but we, we are trying to, we, we try and 
allow see see what happens sometimes because there will be times when you're on a completely different system and you want to also prepare and see how he copes. Exactly. But yeah, w- one of the things that I, I keep making the same mistake is that we have a rule. We made a rule about television. It was good. No TV on a school night. So Friday, Saturday, he can watch TV. But then if he's hurt himself and he's crying or he's a bit sick and I feel really sorry for him, I'm like, Look, all right, you can watch a couple of episodes of, of Word Party or whatever. And then the next time he'll stub his toe and he'll, he'll be going, ah, I'm crying. That means I watch TV. <laughs> I'm like, no, so that's, not, that's not a rule. <laughs> that was a one-time thing. All right, well, you, okay, all right, you're crying. <laughs> but then he'll just he'll start coughing, like this fake cough or this fake cry or whatever, knowing that that is, if he does that, he gets the, he's made the rule in his head, and I've allowed him to do that. And so, yeah, this is the thing about rules is that you, you do you have to, to stick to them. And mm. if, you, if you stick to them for a couple of weeks, it works. Like, mm. It really does work. Mm. I don't um, know. I've never stuck to rules <laughs> in my life. But it's hard. You know, they're so manipulative and they, yes. you know, they just get you and they're so lovely. And it's so nice to give in to them for oh, that one, yes. one or two seconds. I'm all for giving in to my children. You know, I think that's an excellent point. They're not even though. grateful after they've watched a couple of episodes. No. Then you turn it on and like, no, come on, mm. you've got two episodes you shouldn't have got. I know. What is it? The defini- d- definition of madness is repeating the same thing over and over. That's, yeah, parenthood, that's parenthood in a nutshell. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming in. It, that has just whizzed by. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. That was Lucy Kippist, online editor at Kindling Kids Radio, and Luke Eskam, lead singer of The Vegetable Plot. And one last plug before we go. If you're in Sydney this weekend, you can see Luke perform live with The Vegetable Plot and a whole stack of our favourite bands at the Kindling House Party. Head to cityrecitalhall.com for tickets. You've been listening to The Parent Panel, a Kindling Kids Radio podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review and share it with your friends. The Parent Panel, new episodes every Friday.